Welcome to Nifin's Humanity. This is Asteris Oz Miller. Today I'm joined by Samuel Pham, as we were on last episode, as well as Paco Craig. Hello. Paco Craig is a professional footballer, soccer player with Louisville FC Football Club, and he joins us today talking about the concept of anxiety. Paco, please introduce yourself. Hello, everyone. My name is, as Asteris has put already, is Paco. My middle name is Gigi. I like to be called Gigi. Uh, from London, England. I'm 26 years old and just another guy out here trying to figure things out. Excellent. Well, Samuel? Yeah. Well, I've been on previous episodes. My name, as Esri said as well, Samuel Pham. And I am a senior at Young Harris studying media communications. Excellent. Let's get into it. Famalam. <laughs> yeah. So today we're talking about the concept of anxiety. So do we have any anecdotes? Um, yeah, we've got loads of anecdotes, but like... Let's drop in an anecdote real quick. Then we can analyze, and then that's how we jump to things. That's how we do things? That's yeah. how we do things. All right. Who wants to go first? All right, no problem. I mean, one thing I think about anxiety is... Uh, well, we kind of mentioned it earlier as well. Is uh, the the ways that the ways that you experience it, you know, like there's definitely two ways, which is the physical side and then obviously the psychological side. Mm. And uh, as we all know, I mean, they're all linked. Obviously, like mind and body is always going to be linked. Like one shows you about the other same way. But um, for me, something that always happens is on game days, my body goes into this anxious like tendency phys- physically. Uh, so I'm feeling a little bit sweaty even when I'm not hot. I'm feeling like I need to go to the toilet a lot. Like I take like three or four shits on game day. Mm. And it's, uh, but it's like, it's some, I might not even need to shit, you know, I just need to like go for it. Nothing might even come out. Mm-hmm. Or uh, like, uh, you know, you get a little bit butterfly feelings in your stomach. But um, like, I know all of these two be anxiety. But because it's on a game day for me, it's attached to such a positive vibe that like i look forward to it like it makes me feel excited because it's coming it's coming with the game mm-hmm. and so like i know i'm supposed to like be nervous or feel anxiety for it but the mere fact that i'm I'm gonna go do something i love doing and all these things happen towards it like it kind of attached a positive vibe to it you know yeah so that's kind of how i i uh i'm able to experience it in some ways you know if that makes sense yeah it makes plenty of sense so thank you paco for sharing uh this is not an aa group but well, we do appreciate you sharing. No problem, man. Samuel, you want, we can, uh, you want me to share? Hey, if you want to share, or we can just jump right into it. Let's jump right into Let's it. Let's jump right so. into it. Excellent. We're not doing any cuts. We're not doing any editing. This is raw. This is in the moment. My pits are sweating a little bit. Yeah, man. I'm feeling anxious. This is my anecdote. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That, that might be a bit of a stretch. So we have the psychological, we're not going to call it a condition. But this, this presence, right? In the moment, you have anxiety, right? Everyone feels this nervousness, this angst, right? But the short term, so it's not the angst that we talk about with Soren Kierkegaard. So we have, in the moment, we feel nervous. Pits sweat. We start feeling hot, even though it's not hot outside, right? Mm-hmm. You should, it's the nervous sweats, right? It has a distinct smell, right? And then we eventually resolve it right it, it comes to pass we go through the process that we were nervous about 
and then it goes away. But whenever we have the condition known as anxiety, it doesn't go away. So imagine you're going to take a test. Leading up to the test, you're anxious. During the test, you're a bit anxious, right? After the test, I don't know if I did well, but you know, it's all right. Whenever you have anxiety leading up to the test, you're anxious. During the test, you're even more anxious. After the test, I failed this. Oh no, <laughs> even if I pass, it's not going to be the grade I wanted. And then you start building up, right? It's like a volcano, right? You're building up magma. Yeah. Because we, uh, whenever we think about standard ways of dealing with anxiety, we think, oh, we have little vents. So people go like, oh, just, just punch something or just do something, right? But there's sometimes whenever you can't, like no matter what you do, it just does not uh, solve it, right? And whether it be a psychological problem or, or a socialized um, issue, and though I'm saying problem and issue, that's not saying that there's anything wrong with these individuals who have this, because a large majority of the population has anxiety, as it would be classed as a condition. Yeah. But it doesn't inhibit them. For some people in some situations, it goes to the point where it, it does inhibit you, actually, though. Mm -hmm. So whenever you have finished this test, so to speak, since we're using this paradigm, you have now let it start rolling, right? Sam, you made a brilliant observation earlier, like a snowball, right? So you have no brakes. You're like a car that's going down a hill and then you're not pressing the accelerator. So you're not adding any more external stimuli. So you have everything that's going and going and going. And then it starts to match up, right? Oh no, <laughs> maybe if I were to study longer. So you start bringing in the, the before right? There is no present whenever you have anxiety. Like mm -hmm. the present is everything that has happened and could happen. You can't think presently whenever you have anxiety. That's, that's the biggest thing. Yeah. You can't be grounded. So everything that happened oh, has led up to this, but imagine what will happen is going to be even worse. And that, that's, uh, that's the bad part about it. So you, um, perhaps during a game, maybe some of your teammates feel this as well, even though you believe Right. And then you can be well founded that you're going to play well. There's always a chance that the individual doesn't uh, meet the, the standards or the criteria that they want to meet. Correct. Yeah, definitely. Uh, like, so you're obviously saying like a player, we might win and do well, but a player himself might like feel like he played like, like crap. You know what mm -hmm. you're saying? Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, you said it quite a lot, though. <laughs> you put quite a lot out there and, and a lot of it sticks because, because, uh, for me, it's all about like the one thing that stood out for me was not being able to stay in the present, you know, uh, like the only times I find myself losing grip, like not feeling grounded is when, when I'm, I'm my thoughts are delving too deep, too deep into like the future or even sometimes mm. the past mm. for sure. Things that I've gone and, uh, and you kind of live in that world, you know, and not being present is, is a huge thing. I think like, as long as you, uh, you kind of not get carried away, you know, like if you're if you're present and you're actually like listening to what's going on then you're staying in the moment and uh and that's really all that matters because like like we all know you can't like can't change anything that's already happened and mm -hmm. you can't predict the future you never know absolutely you might not even be here tomorrow so yeah. yeah like the only thing that matters is the present and, and when you can stay there you're not gonna you're not really gonna get freaked out too much you know yeah 
yeah. but uh, the trick is trying to stay there. Like, how how can you stay there, bro? When there's sorry, when there's so much to uh to yeah. do, you know, so much shit on our lives. Yeah, like, like how can you stay there? How can I'm, we I'm, stay? I mean, I'm asking you guys. Yeah, um, that's a hard one. Yeah. Um, one thing that I try to do is, I don't know, maybe maybe it's because I'm a photographer and I try to like just like observe everything just like as it is and not try to like and through like observe my observation i it sort of like anchors me to that point i like i don't like focus on it but i like sweep the room i'll sweep the room occasionally Mm -hmm. just to like get a sense of my surroundings and so like in that way places me within the space yeah and so i think that's one way that you can like try to like filter out all of the other thoughts and i've also heard like you can like some people meditate mm-hmm. i've done a little bit but i can't say i'm an expert so i yeah. i won't go on so what kind of meditating do you do then? well typically like the um the meditation i do i just sit down in like a relatively quiet area yeah and i just like close my eyes and i just like breathe like pretty steadily and i just let like let myself like just be and like i thoughts that like wander into my mind i don't like hold on to it i Mm -hmm. just kind of like let them flow by is how it's been like described yeah and like it's like a river where it's like the thoughts are like flowing down the river yeah and you're like watching the river but you can't don't hold on to the thoughts you just let it absolutely bro i that makes perfect sense to me man mm-hmm. the place i get it the most is yoga because because yeah. i'm like obviously playing soccer I, my body is is used a lot and mm-hmm. so i've learned to pay attention to my body like like right now i'm aching because of the game i mm-hmm. had yesterday mm-hmm. and the travel and so like like my body's talking to me right now like yo you need to rest you need to eat some good food you know mm-hmm. but um yeah so when i'm at yoga i can just go through my feel my body like like flex each muscle through yeah and uh pay attention to the breathing of course and uh and it makes you just it really does clear your mind like mm-hmm. like you are it's kind of a trick because you trick yourself into it because you're doing a ritual almost you're doing something yeah. but the fact that you can still like have such a clear mind because you're just focusing on the air that's entering yeah. into your lungs when you bring it down to that base it's still like it's it's really nice as well. I agree. Yeah. So it must be similar to you, but but um, I always still find that it's like you're kind of tricking yourself into it mm-hmm. because you have to spend mm-hmm. this hour doing yoga, which is a beautiful way to spend time. But it's like maybe people kind of don't have that time. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So what can they do? You know, like <laughs> perfect. How can they meditate? Yeah. You know, yeah. If they don't got time for it. Indeed, and that's that's great. So we talk about here with Samuel. We talked about meditation with the moving river, letting the thoughts go, not trying to stop them from coming in mm-hmm. because that's like building a wall mm. out yeah. of sand and then you have elephants coming towards it. it. It'll hold for a little bit, but not for the long time. And then yeah. yoga, literally yoga is where we get the word yoke. Yeah. Like yoking yourself mm. to the constant, which is oh, earth wow. itself. Yeah. And that that's brilliant. So you have linked yourself to something that's unmoving right to us but earth is traveling at what thirty-five thousand miles per hour mm-hmm. throughout the cosmos around the sun mm-hmm. 
So we yoke ourselves to something that's bigger than us. We ground ourselves. And then, so we are no longer moving. We're static on the dynamic. So it's no longer our problem. Yeah. It's it's the world's problem, yeah. which is in and of itself our problem. Yeah. yeah. Right? But, but you whenever have to we, act. It's like you have to be that proactive about it. Yeah. yeah. Whenever we don't have time, right? So if I have an, a fit of anxiety, so to speak, because we, we, as the individuals in this room, can say that we have been nervous or have have been anxious at times, mm-hmm. but I don't know if I can necessarily say that I've had anxiety as it as the present destroying entity that like exists. With, yeah, 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 that exists with us. But the way that I do it, right? Since I'm going to bring in my personal experiences, I look. And then I think of myself liminally. So mm-hmm. I put myself in a, in a place and I try to imagine myself as though I'm with like my ancestors. So I'm just sort of sitting. And then I, I think of myself like just sitting in a place here, close my eyes, and then all of time is happening, right? But I can't lock down myself in the present. I don't want to reach to my own past where the problems came from, mm-hmm. nor think about the future where more problems will come. So I exist in literally no time. So I just think of myself as separated from linear time mm-hmm. to a place where the people who existed before no longer exist in this place. And that won't help everyone, right? But whenever I think of that, I'm like, I've been removed from time. Now I have only my agency. And though it won't fix the problem now, Though I'm still going to sweat, I'm dropping everything. So I have a paper due. I must drop it. I'm, I'm dropping it. I'll pick it up later whenever I've calmed down. And then I'm in this place. I don't try to stop the thoughts to come in. And then I just think, wow, I'm fretting about this paper to get a bachelor's degree. And then, you know, the constant thing. Oh, but they're starving children. I should think about them. That that doesn't ameliorate the problem at all. Mm-hmm. You thinking about starving children will probably make your anxiety worse yeah. because mm-hmm. I can't help them either. Yeah. Oh no! Mm-hmm. So what you do is you think about what is, not what's bad, not what's good, just what is. What is here? We have the ground beneath our feet. We have the the wind that flows. We have air. Right? Don't think too hard, because the key is. I'm telling you not to think too hard, but it's a natural thing. Yeah, so you will, problem, you will do it. So, right. I'm, I'm saying, I think of the wind. Oh, then I start thinking about climate change. It, it's natural, right? Like mm-hmm. the river, like yoking yourself. Yeah. It's going to come. Don't grasp it because you have to think if you're grasping one problem, imagine all the other problems that you're not grasping. So you have to just let them move. It's like a filing catalog. So save them for another day. And by save them, I mean just let them pass. Don't don't store them into your memory. Yeah, no, they get forgotten, man. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. My, I think like this isn't. You need to fact check this, but apparently we have like one hundred and fifty thousand thoughts a day or something. Yeah, it's mm. that, that's believable. I mean? Like, I mean, it's a, it's just it's a high number, you know. <laughs> yeah, I can't can't be too sure about that one, but like, so of course you're gonna be thinking about everything under the sun and 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 everything else, you know. And uh, and so, like you say, like as soon as you stop that flow, like and then more, just start backlogging onto it, like mm-hmm. a fucking traffic jam. 
then you're gonna be getting crushed by the way yeah. of these thoughts so so yeah you just gotta let them ride on by man like like think of all the thoughts you don't freak out on that's that's something i do as well mm-hmm. Like I have, I honestly have very messed up thoughts like throughout mm-hmm. the day, you know, mm-hmm. just cause I have very amazing thoughts as well throughout the day. Like yeah. they go hand in hand and, and like, you just don't act on so many of your thoughts, like some stick for various reasons, but like, again, it's still in your, hopefully it's, I mean, it's very hard to see in the moment, but yeah. theoretically, like just don't buy into it and it's going to float away. But. Yeah. And I think there's like, um, I, I remember listening to this somewhere, but there's like this concept of like creating narratives for things you can't control. So like building a story around something that is out of your grasp. And because of that story, it causes more and more like anxiety about that. And, and in doing so, you like remove yourself from what you can control mm. and what you can like focus on mm. in the now. And thus you become fixated on this like narrative that you've, you've constructed in your mind. Yeah. But not like, you didn't like necessarily like consciously construct it but more like you just upon thinking about it you construct this thought these like set of actions say like your test oh my world will end if my mm-hmm. test was oh what will other people think of yeah. me if i or you won't get into this school yeah. which means you won't get this job which yeah. means like you won't live this life Ra- yeah rather than like focusing on like what you can control like how much you study yeah um getting good rest, eating well, yeah. um, taking care of yourself and like being prepared as best as you can for the test. You're more concerned with the results of the test and other things surrounding the test, which you don't necessarily need to control. Yeah. Well, um, you're not in control you, yeah, you're not in control of it yeah. at all. And so the advice that I heard was like, rather than fixating yourself on these like things you can't control, just let them flow by. Yeah. And Focus on what you can control and understand that what you can control is what, like, is you can control it. And so you can only do as well as you can only do your best on the things you can control. So don't, like, don't have some high, such high expectations that you don't, you can't grasp, like, you lose control of what you can control. Mm-hmm absolutely i i agree with what you're saying it sounds so simple though like yeah yeah it's not simple in theory man but uh there's so many instances where i talk myself out of things or or like i don't you know you freak out or panic in certain situations and uh it's you don't you know it's like you're not in control in those moments man you're acting off pure like fearful instinct so yeah there's no time really sometimes to just to be rational. Mm-hmm. Rationality gets thrown out the uh, rationality gets thrown out the yeah. window. You know? Yeah. Um so like so why is it sometimes I feel like <laughs> for certain. Um I like that we that we've gotten here. I like that you've mentioned fear. Samuel, once again, thank you. GG. Thank you. No worries, man. Yeah. I prefer yeah, yeah. Uh, So we have here the thing in in his book, Fear and Trembling, that Soren Kierkegaard would talk about. We have this moment, this this moment without time, right? Whenever you're stuck in two places, the, the future and the past, and then we talk about what we can control, what we can focus on. We have this moment of angst, this trial of faith, mm. where we have a choice, right? 
this is what I can do and it may result in something, but this is what I, I feel I have a duty to do. Right. So I, I can control, um, sort of what I can do at this moment, but I have a duty to let's, let's keep the, uh, analogy going this paper. I have a duty to finish this paper. Otherwise, the the effects that will happen after will not be pleasant either right so i'll fail mm. I'll, I'll be a disgrace to myself yeah um we, like these are those big thoughts that we have at right whenever we're about to submit the paper and then of course we've procrastinated and yeah, we're, yeah. We're, yeah. obviously i mean yeah. you get it done on time you know that's the yeah, main yeah, thing. yeah yeah that's the thing main but, thing is it's in on time oh yeah there's this there's this fear and trembling this collapsing fear of some people who, who procrastinate because they're thinking how they can best do it. And then they realize now I only have enough time to do mediocre work. And then it, it paralyzes them. And then instead of turning mediocre work, they are stuck there mm-hmm. in this anfictelsa, in this frozen anxiety state. Yeah. And then they don't turn in anything and they do fail because they sort of psych themselves out. Mm. And this is what we're here to sort of discuss to try to help with right because we i say try because there's no way that i could actually help but what i can do yeah, not really, i've i've had instances like this even though i like to think that i i haven't had anxiety there have been instances where like sort of after we did the last podcast i realized oh i have a paper due in 20 minutes yeah. And it, it wasn't that big of a paper, 250 words. So I did it. Right? Yeah. The next podcast, I I was reflecting on this and I was like, that was garbage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I started feeling it, right? Not the full Enfictelsa, but sort of the angst. Right. And I I know I'm using these Danish words, but Enfictelsa is literally just the extended version. Yeah, it's like come the, on, I keep it English, It's the full anxiety. And then angst is literally removing some of the letters from Anfictelsa. And then it's the shortened, the shortened spurt, the second of anxiety, literally. So it's not actually a second, but it's like whenever you yeah, can yeah. sort of control like a flash. it. Yeah. yeah. Whereas the Anfictelsa yeah. is like whenever you're stuck, you're rooted in it. It is you. You become it. And that's that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Right. That is a problem. I th- sometimes I think people don't, I don't know if they have a choice sometimes. Yeah, man. I don't think they do. Like, it could just be some i mean i'm sure this isn't anything crazy like but it could just be something to do with like the the experiences they had from mm-hmm. from a younger age and the way they chose to interact with it or however it went or like it could just be yeah they just didn't have a good time with things and then every time that sort of that type of environment's going to creep up again it's like it's, it's like uh it's tough to do because the only like I think of sometimes where I only have the flash, or even sometimes where I don't think it's like for me. Papers was mm-hmm. school was like the most peaceful time for me, the yeah. most anxiety free time for me was was young Harris because, like, to put it like politely, like I was really only interested in soccer. Yeah, and and as long as I passed my classes, like I was happy, mm-hmm. um, which isn't great. Obviously, in hindsight, like you know, it's not the best way to do it, but. It wasn't a priority for me. It wasn't something I was mm-hmm. passionate about. Mm-hmm. And I was just interested. So the things I found interesting, I would go for. But 
But like I would write a paper, like I would leave it for the night before and mm. then just but then write it in a decent time, like spend all day writing it. Yeah. Like, yeah. And uh and then go to bed at a normal hour <laughs> and just sleep okay. like a baby. Yeah. Yeah. And so like I don't know why. Like like maybe because I don't I didn't put too much value on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um but then there's things in the world that I take very seriously or I'm very emotional about. And so when the emotions get involved, rationality just goes out the window, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you're an emotional person, if you can't keep control of them, then you act on impulse. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, man. Maybe some of those impulses are, are the ones, the, the most natural one of, of, of fear, you know? Yeah. Of survival, of trying to keep yourself alive. Maybe it's just a perversion of that, you know? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. <laughs> I'm waffling on it. I'm gonna yeah. pour some more tea. All right. Do you um, want some? Yeah, please. Some of this milk oolong. <laughs> hmm. Very nice. But yeah, that's kind of how. Like, like, so it leads you to believe people don't have a choice. Yeah. Like, you, even if you intellectually break it down to someone, or yeah. even for me. So for me, a personal example was a quite personal one though. Was like I was I was at, in my earlier years. I had performance anxiety in the bedroom. So mm. for example. Mm. I really wanted it to be perfect or I really yeah. wanted, I had a very, very strong idea of what I wanted it to be years and years of building mm-hmm. up, mm-hmm. of waiting, anticipation and thinking about it. And then when it came to it in my earlier years, I was like, it wasn't anywhere near where I wanted it to be mm-hmm. to the point where I was like, like I wouldn't be able to like keep an erection sometimes and stuff yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. And, it, and then I knew exactly what I wanted to do <laughs> intellectually. Mm-hmm. It's like, relax, mm-hmm. like you're not, you're new to this, it's going to be fine. Yeah, but physiologically, like I had no control. You know, mm-hmm. it was just mm-hmm. acting by itself. Yeah, and for a long time, I was like, like, there's absolutely there's nothing someone can do. You know. Yeah. It was uh, it felt like I was powerless. You know, when things yeah. happen automatically out of your control, kind of like you lose hope. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that 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 sounds like classic psychosomatic because your your active mind. Is- wants it to to go the way you want it yeah where your subconscious is afraid that i made an 89 on a test oh i made a 90 yeah i didn't even try so it's like your subconscious is doing i didn't even try yeah so it's if your subconscious is saying i didn't even try yeah and then you don't succeed then you could be like well it it wasn't completely my fault which which it's not in it of itself yeah because that that sort of thing with performance anxiety you're not alone yeah, it, oh, well, it, yeah, I know yeah, that. Yeah. By, by far. Yeah. But, like, it's sort of like you couldn't help that, but your your subconscious doesn't talk to your conscious mind. Yeah. So you still think, oh, why why can't why can't I do it? And you're still asking yourself. Yeah. And then if only they could speak sort of in the dream state, Durkheim would say, you can speak to yourself. Yeah. But yeah. then we get into a bunch of uh, lucid dreaming and then psychoanalysis. Yeah. And then stuff that I'm not qualified to talk about. Yeah. So. I mean, yeah. I'm not, I don't feel like I'm qualified to talk about anything. So yeah. <laughs> maybe some soccer. Like. <laughs> but um, yeah, did you have yeah. a point? Yeah. I mean, like, I, I, yeah, I, I know where you're coming from with this. Yeah. And like, I don't know, for me, there's like this competition between like my, the anxiety and my logic, my logic. Cause mm. sometimes I do have a logical, like, re- like, logical, like, response, like, oh, this oh i just need to do this and it's like no big deal yeah. but then my there's like this anxiety that comes in and like tries to fight that yeah. logical reason so, dissonance. Yeah. so like 
it's strange like i don't know sending like a woman a text or something mm-hmm. yeah. and like it's like oh it's just a text i can just send it but it's like oh no but what if they like think yeah. it's weird or something and yeah. so it's like this fighting against each other and i don't know absolutely so for that for for the these examples uh the funny thing for me was i kind of knew i was totally brand new to it to, like to sex for example mm-hmm. and uh and so i just like just persevered basically yeah, <laughs> i just yeah. like i was like all right look like you're not the you're definitely not good yeah <laughs> but like <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah but it's because you've never done it yeah yeah so yeah. uh so a lot of a lot of new environments or things that we don't feel qualified to do aka mm-hmm. talk about this subject <laughs> yeah like a lot of times you can obviously just feel like like uh i mean it's natural to not be able to be good at, it at all it's just yeah I guess mm. the 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 part that was hard to to come to terms with was the 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 this like the distance in mm-hmm. how far away how skewed it was yeah towards mm. your expectations yeah um but then like I just realized I just needed to keep doing it if it was something mm-hmm. I wanted to do yeah I kept doing it kept having an open mind okay understanding like all right these are things that are happening this is nowhere near what I thought it was gonna be like yeah but. I'm still learning each time and like and absorbing things as long as I stay open-minded with it. Mm-hmm. And then it didn't take too long and things kind of picked up and everything was cool. Okay. Um, so, so in that, yeah, for example, in that situation, like we, we're so surprised as humans maybe, or as, as ego, you know, we have egos. Mm-hmm. We're so surprised maybe at things that are, are completely foreign to us that we expect to kind of have a handle on or be cool with. Yeah, and then when we're freaking out, we're like, "Why? Like, I'm this fully idealized, like, realized person. Mm-hmm. Like, I have done so many things, but then it's just because it's something that's like maybe way out there, mm-hmm. like we're shocked almost that yeah. we feel like we need to be scared or or have that natural instinct, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's kind of how I see it. Yeah, and like pushing beyond, like being able to like push past that state of like uncomfortableness, mm-hmm. I think is like one of the best ways in which you can like develop yourself as a person yeah. is like Absolutely. going moving even though you have this like anxiety towards something pushing past that or like persevering through that will yield results yeah that i, I for me at least personally have been positive mm. yeah yeah i mean always pushing yourself out, out of your comfort zone for mm-hmm. sure it's going to help with growth man but uh yeah forgot what you started with like we just both kind of went off on our stories yeah. oh yeah that i wasn't uh qualified oh yeah, yeah. that we I know mean, that already none of us yeah. are qualified <laughs> yeah mm. so i have a quick anecdote so usually it's not about performance anxiety a bit a bit uh i mean it could be anything as well you know it's yeah. like i feel like everything's really interlinked it is yeah. um so usually I'm like talking to someone and they're talking about something then somehow it uh the conversation like progresses to where people start asking about my personal life mm-hmm. like my people and then I I don't get nervous right I don't like start sweating or anything I I guess I subconsciously lead the conversation somewhere else and then just magically it's not it's not by magic but uh psychologically I guess it's ended up somewhere else. And then they've forgotten that they asked about my people. Like it often happens. Like people are like ask 
oh, what religion do you have? And then like, so like I, I say, oh, I practice, I do the orthopraxy similar to Islam. Oh, so you're Muslim. Uh, well, and then I lead it around and be like, well, whenever you say Muslim, you have to ask which Muslim. And then like, I start explaining what Islam is. And then they're like, okay. And then they've forgotten that they asked what, and I've explained someone else's faith. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They, they, they no longer like remember that they asked about mine, but now they feel like I've learned something. And then whenever they get back, they're like, oh, wait. And then I, I realized that I, that I, I did that often and I still do it. Mm. Like, it's just easier sometimes, right? Somebody goes like, oh, where are you from? I just say a place. Oh, is that near? No, not really. And then eventually, is that like, is that like, once they've done that like four times, I just give up and I'm like, sure. Yeah. And then I just. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, like, oh, you have good reason to. It's kind of being intelligent, I would say. Yeah. Because like, I mean, you're trying to save your time. You've been through this. Like, I can relate only in terms of like, um, when they talk about accents or or like where are you from or they start naming places like yeah and I'm just like or even just if I've said a word that they find confusing like like I say a bin instead of a trash can like a garbage oh, yeah. bin you know mm-hmm. and like I just know that I'm just gonna skip that confusion mm-hmm. and just yeah. use the American word and then you mm-hmm. end up just picking up a bunch of terrible American words and start sounding strange. And you go back to your family and start like, sounding like I'm yeah, like I'm from a weird place. Like <laughs> but but you yeah. kind of have to like, yeah. it's intelligence, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like it's being it's being not ignorant basically. Yeah. It's conserving your energy. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like like yeah. Um I feel like Sam, you may have had experience with this as well. They like see us and then we look kind of they're like where are you from mm-hmm. and then we know the question that they're asking yeah, yeah. <laughs> i always from. just like, i always just jump my yeah. i my parents are from too. vietnam yeah i'm i'm from america you should just say american yeah. bro yeah. I, well, I, everyone's like what where are you from i'm like either guess i say or england i just say england to yeah, piss yeah, everyone yeah. off mm-hmm. like i'm english what yeah, yeah <laughs> and then they're like no 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 where are you really from you yeah. know? that's the one i'm like yeah. i'm really from england i was like, 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 like but but I I'm feel born like and raised yeah exactly I Fuck feel them. like this relates right because even though we're talking about anxiety right this is a good thing about having a central point because yeah. I feel like this relates because this is no longer our anxiety I feel like other people right whenever they're talking to people that they perceive as being alien yeah right they they have not a xenophobia actually yes a xenophobia yeah, not a, not a hate much. but but a fear of what they don't understand yeah mm-hmm. and then they begin to have anxiety I have to know because what if he's from like Syria or Lebanon or one of those places mm-hmm. that we don't know about. Or even, yeah, I wouldn't even go that far with the thoughts. Like, the, just the, the sheer unknown freaks people out. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, like, yeah, like, I mean, I guess, yeah, they'd be filling yeah. it with anything they yeah. can. Yeah. It's... Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't see myself typically asking um, white Americans, like, are you Irish? This. Yeah. Where are you Who gives from? A shit? I, I've never asked. You're American, all right? <laughs> Some people are adamant, though, about, like, yeah, so oh, I'm strong. Irish. I'm, I'm Some American. people, man. That's the first thing I saw when I came over to America, like, 16th fucking Cherokee, yeah. 145th German. Like, and, and like, you shouldn't be proud of any of this. That's, that's, <laughs> that, that's, the, uh, that's the privilege of being a part of the hegemony. You know exactly where you came. Yeah. But whenever they ask, like, people of different, we're going to call it melanin content, colored mm-hmm. people, what have you you know i've heard i've heard plenty of terms attributed to me i was like oh i just thought it was black where i came from (laughs) you know they're they're like oh no you where are you like from where are your people from yeah and i was like earth 
Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. Like, no, 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 that's not good enough. Like, like, we're in Africa. I was like, why are you assuming that I'm Pangea. from Africa? <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, you answered the question. Well, I'm Irish. I'm Dutch. Yeah, they I'm, know all this I'm, shit. I'm, I'm Jewish. Part, part, but but I'm Christian. Ancestry.com like, <laughs> bullshit. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're like, I checked. I'm, I'm one, I'm one, one eightieth uh, African, so I understand you, brother. And then I'm like, yo. Mm. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> Yeah, it is yeah. what it is, man. Like it's a talking point. I feel like I don't know if it's more nowadays or not, but yeah. like it seems to always be a talking point, man. They always bringing it up. Like the, yeah. people have to know where you, where you're from, from. Like, like where's your dad from? Oh, he's a. But yeah, and they never do it respectfully. They're not just like, "What's your ethnicity?" That's the real question they're trying yeah, to ask. That's, that's the question. But they, they, they. I've seen that people normally don't ask this of white Americans, right? But then they'll adamantly tell you. But white Americans often don't ask uh, black Americans. Why? Because they, they know they don't want to receive the answer. Because oh, yeah. the answer will give it's them this terrible, anxiety. It's a terrible right? question yeah. for like, white where, Americans. Where, 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 where are you from? Uh, I'm, I'm from America. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, like, like originally, uh, you slavery. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You call like, yeah. As soon as it, then they, then they've been hit. They've been confronted, right? And then we have white fragility, where they're like, "Oh no, it's not my fault. I didn't do it. It, yeah. it wasn't me." Mm-hmm. And then they start defending, and then you're like, "Yo, if it wasn't you, why, why are you the one feeling all this? Uh, why are you feeling so fragile right now? Mm-hmm. Why are you being anxious? If it wasn't you, obviously you're complicit with this. Just calm down. Of course, let's talk about mm-hmm. it." And then that's that's the kind of anxiety that that produces a trembling through self-created fear. Right? You think that someone else asking you, right, because they ask questions, but they don't want to receive uh, the the answer from some other groups. Mm-hmm. So then they there's this sort of self-imposed anxiety, which is which is weird, right? Because they they set up a situation that they're not able to resolve themselves. Yeah, yeah. It's like I ask. Oh yeah, but isn't all anxiety self-inflicted anyway? Yeah, yeah. of course. But yeah. but this is a uh, I I would say what would you call it a special species that I I would say that it is that it is through amphictelsa okay through the the lengthy angst yeah. through the lengthy anxiety that that the the system the socialization has allowed uh most mainstream Americans to ask where people are from. But then whenever you receive the answer that that um, puts your whenever you want them to ask you. Right. So where I'm from, whenever their answer shows that where you come from, impose a negative yeah. uh, where they came from onto them, then you can no longer reconcile it. And you try to change the subject or you try to leave or you try to defend well, yeah, yourself. You, yeah, mm-hmm. you, yeah. At that point, you, you wouldn't want to put yourself in that situation anyway. man. Yeah. <laughs> like, and white people need to just keep their mouths closed. And like, <laughs> honestly. But it's not it's not a common problem anywhere else. It's because... Why do you think that is? I think it's a very simple thing, man. I think it, it's only a common problem purely because, it, like, in terms of time scale, it's not been that long. It hasn't been that long. Yeah. Like, so none of this is surprising because mm. it's going to take generations and generations and centuries, you know? to to move forwards like like it's such a brand new thing in 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 that sense and it's it's had such a it basically your whole nation was founded off of slavery you know yeah. like you built a whole world of slavery like it's going to take a while to 
to deconstruct that, you know, and all the yeah. while the things are still progressing and it's mm -hmm. slowly getting picked apart. Yeah. What is it, 253 years ago? Uh, the yeah. this country was founded. Yeah, yeah. Like, and then slavery was only ended. Uh, what less than uh, actual like sharecropping where where you could see people's people remember their their grandparents who there might still be some of them who were technically slaves. And by technically, I mean under an oppressive regime that did not allow them to get paid and had to remain in one place and yeah. work yeah. for basically free, yeah. right? To the government, this was sharecropping. Yeah. But people have grandparents who existed during this time. Yeah, I mean, so yeah. so you can't... These people, they, they, they're going to have that feeling looming over them just purely because of that. And it's, it's yeah. unique to America because... Like of the history of it all, man. Mm. Like mm -hmm. it's uh, that fear is gonna be around for a while. Plus, it's it's so convenient. <laughs> it's it's a very convenient tool. Yeah. To be used, you know, mm -hmm. like like you know, in some senses, religion and stuff like that as well. Slavery is a very useful tool to to control, to divide and control. Yeah. Because losing burning records, losing records yeah. with the air quotes, is a is a great way to not have people stratify against you because they don't know where they came from. Oh, you're Wolof? I'm Wolof. You're Mandinka? We're from the Mali. We we can join together. I speak your language. Kill their language. Kill their history. Yeah, of course. They're all yeah. the same. They don't know who to join with, yeah. so then they start making their own uh, factions. Yeah. And then they fight They fight each other instead of fighting the, the, the big hegemony. Yeah. And you solve it. Whenever they start joining together, you introduce... Some stuff into the communities. Oh, 100%. That, yeah, yeah. We know what, yeah. Like, we start introducing crack. Mm. And then, boom, settle down for a little bit. Oh, they're fighting back. Dang it. They have cameras, violence. Oh, they recorded it. Now it's obvious to everyone. Yeah. We'll just pretend like it's mm -hmm. uh, states' rights. No, blue lives. Yeah. And then we just keep jumping. Yeah. But we know they're just dog whistles. States' rights. I mean, we were talking about this the other day as well, because... yeah. Uh, those are tend to be the the neighborhoods and also like the areas that get exploited economically, yeah. obviously. Yeah. And there's no surprises there. And uh, and but you were mentioning more about how it's like it's a it's slavery. It's obviously a, mm -hmm. not slavery. It's racism. You know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's definitely clearly racism. Um, but ab above that as well, it's actually more just an opportunity. Like slavery is useful. Uh, slave racism is useful. Mm -hmm. And the hatred towards these people is useful because at the end of the day, people can make money out of exploiting yeah. the situations. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and those people don't even care about racism, like in that sense. Like they're probably not even the, the businessmen. They're not concerned too much about that. Yeah. They just know that if it is there, it's useful. Like that, it keeps the the people that are getting ripped apart and exploited, keeps mm -hmm. them separate, mm -hmm. keeps them down. And, and so when unfair treatment is is dished out to to the black community, for mm -hmm. example then uh, a lot of people don't mind that much, you know? People kind of yeah. turn a blind eye to it. So, yeah. so like, in that sense, it's a useful tool as well. That's kind of more light on that. Yeah. This this is it. This this is brilliant yeah. that, that we've tied in racism because now I can bring in Fanon. Look at look at this. What's yeah, Fanon? It's, yeah. it's trio. So, Franz Fanon. He's, yeah. a, uh, he's a brilliant uh, psychotherapist, oh, yeah. uh, theorist, and uh, philosopher from Martinique. Mm-hmm. And he wrote. Um, I feel like there's intelligent people in Martinique. Yeah, 
Yeah. yeah, but I feel like you guys think you're like smarter than other people. No, 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 no. Of course not. I don't know, man. I met I had, <laughs> my cousin had a Martinique girlfriend, <laughs> and, and she left a lasting impression. I mean, she's lovely though, beautiful, beautiful yeah. woman, very intelligent. But you know, she held mm. her head up high. Mm. I'm just gonna yeah. say that <laughs> there is kind of no choice after the Vici regime. Yeah. Whenever they were just, uh, oh, you're talking too much. Boom, because like shot in the head because yeah. of uh, Germany, and then they're like. Hey, if those uh those Negroes talking too much, you know what to do. So it's like you you have to prove yourself because the assimilation, right? The, the black skin, white mask before was okay, but after we see, even though we became as smart as them, they still don't respect us. We don't want to be anything like them anymore. We want to be more intelligent than them. Mm. Right? So we're not trying to fight the others, right? We're not trying to fight the power as it so happens in America. We don't want to fight any power. We want to eliminate the power mm-hmm. and have it ourselves. We're not fighting the power. We no longer have power. To rise above it. Yeah. yeah. Your, your power is irrelevant. We're not going to destroy you. We're just not going to acknowledge you yeah, anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's the brilliant of it. So we have... Right? So, so what? You, that's, the, that's the place to be then? I wouldn't say it's a place to be now. <laughs> it's, a, it's a center of thought. And, and, uh... <laughs> no, no, no. That that that's anywhere. That's anywhere. Conversations like this are the center of thought. Yeah. We're talking about things. Yeah. We're bringing in new ideas. See, I introduced Fanon. You introduced me to new ideas that I didn't even think of. Yeah. Right, Sam. You, you're bringing in new ideas, anecdotes, yeah. theories. So who's this Fanon guy, then, man? Who is this guy? Oh, he's he's brilliant. Ibrahim Franz Fanon. Yeah. He was a student of Ame Cesaire, who later became the, the regional president of Martinique. Mm-hmm. Um, he is son to an African-descended um, uh, worker, like a laborer class. He went to school at uh, Chochle, which is the like prestigious secondary school, the high school mm-hmm. in uh, Martinique. Mm-hmm. He later uh, studied under uh, Cicere, who would become the president, who led the Negritude movement, which is uh, like sort of showing uh, black people can be excellent without trying to assimilate. Mm. So his one of his key theories, which ties in and also goes to anxiety, because, of course, I never forget the topic which we chose. Yeah, um, We have the inauthentic racists. Right, which are the guys who are in power who are not necessarily what we would consider racist because yeah. they are s- simply complicit with it. right? So they make yeah, money off of it. Definitely. And they don't have to deal with the problems of the masses, so to speak, the, the, the races. No. They yeah. don't have to be racist directly That's towards them. They, they can just acknowledge the... Um, They're the guys who have that black friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. not racist. Yeah. So, One of my friends is black. That's exactly... <laughs> So they have uh, sort of the, the power. William. <laughs> Come and, here. Come over here. And they are up on a pedestal, so they don't have to see the problems. So they literally say, oh, I don't see racism. I don't see color. Because uh, William here, yeah. ha- he's rich. So obviously this systemic thing is not a real thing. Okay, mm-hmm. one William, 57 Johnnies. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Well, yeah. We, yeah. <laughs> so we're seeing a problem. And then we we take it down. So these guys are inauthentic racists because they're help propagating the system, which creates what we get down to authentic racists. So these are the, the police officers who feel right they have to exist on the, the same 
they have to exist on the same plane of existence yeah. as these people who they feel they're better than police officers. Why do I have to live on the same street as these kids who are always causing violence? I'm getting that anxiety. I don't feel unsafe for myself. I feel unsafe for my position. How am I, a white male who's working and helping the community, equal to this person? I can't tolerate this. Beatings, shootings, authentic racist, the inauthentic racist regime, the 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 being complicit with the the system creates authentic racists at the lowest level. It's systemic, right? So the authentic racists are the ones that are on the same plane but can't tolerate being on the bottom of the pyramid. So they have to sort of, uh, it's the same thing that happened with Crails and Martinique and Beke people. So you have uh, the black people on the bottom mm. of the pyramid as it's uh, socialized. Then we have the police officers who, who are lower than the people who are being complicit, right? But they feel they deserve to be higher than the black people. So they, they, Whenever the higher position sends down the order, okay, we'll take it to its fullest. So we 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 know about the Detroit uh, motel shooting, uh, in the in the seventies, yeah. where where they took it Fruitvale Station. I mean, there's countless examples. Yeah, where ridiculous. they where they took it to the limit. Like, oh, we have the law in our hands. There's time. There's even worse case than that that haven't yeah. even been documented, man. Like, yeah, towns yeah. have been wiped out. Like, in, of course, uh, was it um Oklahoma? Yeah, like, Tulsa. Yeah, there was some. Level, serious, black Wall yeah, Street it's, level. Yeah, oh it's gosh. ridiculous, bro. Yeah, but um, yeah, keep going, though, man. Yeah. So this this thing happens, and for uh Martinican listeners who are listening, we have the same thing that exists in the Caribbean, and I do apologize. Uh, about half a percent of Martinican speak English, so I might like dub this. I <laughs> gotta do a Trudeau and just <laughs> hit that French. <laughs> We'll talk oh, no. about that in a second. Go <laughs> on, no, Trudeau. So we have on the bottom black people who are now freed slaves. Then we have Crails who are mixed people, um, in Martinique at least. Then we have Beke, people who were um people who are descended from farmers. So they're above Crails who are colored peoples, who are below the Crails who are white people, who are poor white people under the Beke who are the rich planters descendants. And then we have metropolitan French people who are at the top. So they send down orders back here like, no, I don't care. They insult Creole, white Creoles. White Creoles go like, well, I won't be the lowest. Insult mixed Creoles. Well, I'm lighter, so I'm closer to them. Insult black Creoles. Who do black Creoles or, or black um, people in Martinique have left to insult? Each other. So then we have infighting. I'm going to find the tiniest difference within you. Team light skin, team dark skin. We have this everywhere, colorism. Yeah. So yeah. then there's infighting. And then the hegemony stays on top. Because if if below the ocean there are currents, the top is still flat. Yeah. Mm. So that's that's the brilliance of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, makes, uh, that makes some perfect sense, man. Yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's a problem. Mm. So you're saying like they work in a... So where does the anxiety come into it then, like? So the anxiety is felt by the authentic racists on the bottom. So you you are not authentically racist. You're not born this way. You're socialized this way, right? You're not born to KKK. That's kind of where I was asking, yeah. So mm. so so in that sense, like forms of anxiety or manifestation manifestations of anxiety can be conditioned, like yeah. Mm. Or would you say all of them? I don't know if I could extend to all of them. I do feel some of them are psychosomatic, 
perhaps even we can jump to most of them, but there could be some cases, right? Since since I don't have, uh, I don't know, man. You think you're yeah. born with the the ability to be well with the potential? Yeah, but yeah, yeah. you're actually yeah. born with an anxiety with like. See, that's, that's mm. I'm sure that's a question that uh, psychologists and psychiatrists have been asking for uh, yeah. centuries. Or not centuries, clinical psychology, as Michelle Foucault would point out, uh, last 200 years? 100 years? Something like that. Just trying to diagnose everything. Because before, right, the Greeks, if you had um, what we consider autism or uh, schizophrenia, yeah. you were touched by the gods. You, yeah. you had... You you could speak with yeah. other voices, and it makes perfect sense yeah. when you see that. Like, like it's honestly different levels of of kind of. I mean, I wouldn't go this far, but almost different levels of control you have over, like, like your the ego or the character, the identity mm -hmm. form of yourself. You know, the mm -hmm. idea of who you are. So, like this uh, this individual you've you've created through your you've built in your mind over the years of of living in the physical realm. You mm -hmm. know, yeah. Um, maybe, maybe you're just not in control of all of that formation, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, and some people just kind of get stuck with 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 these sort of conditions. But but yeah, like, is it always a negative thing? I don't think so. Yeah, I I feel like if I had absolute control over my id, my superego, my ego, I feel like that makes me a psychopath. And does that mean I'm a bad person? Because I'm a psych not if I don't act on it. Because then no one ever has to know what's inside, that I have full control, that my subconscious is my conscious, and that I'm merely following social protocols in order not to be captured, sort of accosted, ostracized, mm -hmm. or killed. Yeah, I think all it is is just different variations of the human condition. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I mean, they're all unique. And so in that sense, they're all brilliant. Yeah. Like every single one of us is, is, is unique. So like we're one of one. Mm -hmm. I just guess sometimes if some of that is like perversions or, or yeah. weird yeah. habits or, or like, like, yeah, mad thoughts and it kind of goes along with it. I don't know. Maybe it's just like what, what you get. Well, and it's like kind of like what society has defined as like these yeah. perversions and like boxing them in and thus like highlighting that they are outside yeah. the norm and thus they should be ostracized or like normal people don't do yeah. mm -hmm. X. That's and, always huge, man. Like what we what we deem acceptable or not acceptable, definitely. Uh but even like like yeah, like there's so much yeah, I kinda blanked. I had I had a, another thought on top of that as well. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, 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 I'd like to go off that, but it's uh, it's lost man. Need more tea. <laughs> yeah. This is going quite nicely. Should we, should we try to incorporate the thing about Trudeau? Um. Yeah, we can mention Trudeau yeah. just just for reference for the listeners. Yeah. yeah. Just uh, earlier we mentioned something mm. about. I'm just uh, gonna get up real quick. Yeah. Keep going. Though. Okay. Paco's leaving the room. Yeah, I'll be uh, back in a second. So, we had Trudeau, who. This is not recent at all. Mm -hmm. So Trudeau was in Quebec. Uh, Trudeau is Canada's president or prime minister, prime minister excuse me indeed uh, so he was answering a question an English question talking about healthcare and access to healthcare in English and then he proceeded to answer the question in French saying this is a dual 
uh, language uh, country. Therefore, I will answer your question in in French as to respect Quebec and all the people who speak French. And then people would say, oh, that's kind of rude. But we must not forget that during his time at McGill University, his alma mater, he led a, a French, um, or his father led a French uh, proprietary movement like to propagate Quebec as its free self. So mm. Trudeau is inundated with speaking French. That That is who he is. Yeah. So it's not that he was trying to be rude, although I feel that's how it looked. And there it may be. Maybe I'm just misinterpreting it. But yeah, so that's, <laughs> what, that's what happened. I don't know, man. It seems like he's uh, sneaking around, bro. I feel like... The business... Yeah, that's a. Uh, I didn't know that about him, you know. I didn't really know too much about Trudeau, but after hearing that, like, uh, I'm just getting the same old story in my head, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, I bet he's feeling quite anxious. Yeah, I mean, I hope so. Yeah. So here's I had a random thought, you know, mm-hmm. but I just felt like sharing it, like along with anxiety. I think, to be honest, like, I don't know how or when, but obviously at some point we learned to to uh to like think reflect on our thoughts like we Mm -hmm. became more uh, like cognizant of ourselves and we learned how to control uh food supply you know like Mm -hmm. we hunted when we needed to but obviously we learned agriculture we learned Mm -hmm. i mean we learned how to live off the land in a way that wasn't necessarily we circumvented the Mm -hmm. the uh the food chain you know yeah um and so i just feel like at that one moment like you kind of disconnect yourself from a very important like part of of being living on on planet earth you yeah. know yeah yeah you've like detached yourself almost like planet like earth is just a rock that we don't need anymore mm-hmm. you know Indeed. so like that moment from that moment on i feel like <clears throat> we've always felt the need to to wonder like what what is this all about because yeah. we have that luxury of yeah of of living from the outside in yeah as opposed to just being yeah. fully connected and, and bound down to it. And that that was the start of, of everything getting fucked up, basically. Because as soon as you, you, you don't rely on the earth like 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 a like you have to fit seam like seamlessly in, into the puzzle, mm-hmm. then you can start using it however you want. And and uh and so in that sense, I think it fucked us because we can take whatever we wanted from the earth, use it as a as a tool rather, as a source, a resource. Mm-hmm. But also, um, because we we can think now, we have time, the luxury to just to just contemplate things, like have fun memories. Yeah. Like we're dying to know, like why we are part of something bigger, or yeah. what what is there is there more to life? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, and so that gap there is always going to be there, and that's why religion was invented. Yeah. To try and explain like why, oh, like you know, there must be something more to this. So like, let's just find a way to connect ourselves yeah and uh and so as long as we have control of our food (laughs) like we'll have the potential for anxiety because that's i think that might be where it stems from interesting Mm -hmm. uh is because as soon as there's that gaping hole of like it needs to be filled by something and those who have had stable like i'm not even stable upbringings but have experienced life in a way that they're they're sure of themselves they're Mm -hmm. sure of what's Mm -hmm. going on Mm -hmm. Like they don't necessarily that hole gets filled with something mm-hmm. positive. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, so like that's that's my thought about anxiety is like we always because we can just control the food chain. Yeah, we can always think like, 
what like so what else you know like what what isn't there something more and yeah. i'm just gonna repeat myself over and over but um but yeah basically that hole needs to be filled by something and, yeah. and if you're living in an existence that isn't too enjoyable mm. then that's that's probably going to be filled with unpleasant things you know yeah that's that's a very interesting you kind of see where i'm going with that though yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. i don't I, know if i, I kind of I, I, I feel you i that's go ahead sir well like i don't think our society right now is structured in a way that allows for that to happen anymore even because even if you are fully engaged you don't have time you're working all the time or whatever and you're not able to like ponder the meaning of life um typically though that that happens to like lower class people because they are unable to, they they have to work they have to continuously yeah. work in yeah. order to make ends meet Exactly. And so they aren't they don't have time to just sit and breathe and think about like what's my function in this earth. They yeah. just have to pay for the they got pay for the next thing that's coming up. Yeah. And so like once we are able to given that leisure time whether it's through um a stable job 40 40 hour a week well pay, paying job or however you'd make money um I think that that like the affordance of leisure time and like the rise of be there being more and more leisure time allows for us to con like even think about well like yeah start to think about that or like that allows that idea to like see begin to seep into us and i think that's what you like trying to that's me trying to like expand on what you're trying to say yeah yeah definitely man like I feel like we needed to f we we have this necessity to f to fill that question now with things, and that's why we turn to religion and and like uh, we deify yeah. things, you know, or you have idols, yeah, or you see it in uh obviously when you don't have religion starts to slip and culture starts to shift. I think that's why culture is so important as mm -hmm. well, it's because it kind of helps you, what you're what you're digesting, what's being exposed to. You. But but even like pop stars or movie stars, yeah, or, you know, like icons in that sense. You you start shifting to those things and like if those are the the things that you're turning to, for your deepest spiritual grounding of 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 what you see yourself as what you belong to, mm -hmm. they're obviously quite superficial and they don't yeah. have too much nutrition in a sense. Yeah. And so if you're feeding yourself on that sort of thing, then there's a very good chance when you're like when you when you're like start freaking out about things, you don't have a solid grip on it. Mm -hmm. if, if you know that see that connection. And uh, and that can cause a lot of panic, a lot of uh, a lot of psychological problems that we we might even call them different things, but they might stem from the same root, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to deconstruct this in my own head. Yeah. So I'm gonna speak aloud so that there's just not long pauses in the podcast, but it's not gonna sound cohesive whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I, I don't know if I was understanding even what I was saying to be honest. <laughs> Yeah. So, mm -hmm. so just, just Bible, bro. We have this moment, not not moment, a series of moments. Whenever humans begin to cultivate their own food, and we begin to have it as a commodity, but not one that we have to search for ourselves. We can just freely access it. So we no longer have to fear not eating. So that so then we have the leisure time to. Uh, worry about other things but then whenever we ha we have these means these fiats money to pay for to barter 
to trade for this food, right? Or or this electricity, shelter, whatever. Yeah. And then we're we're hit with with it's it's a commodity fetishism because the food, the shelter, everything is is necessary. Yeah. But then we have so many choices. And then we have this money that becomes a commodity. So not only is our our free time is now commodified because we have to use a time in which we could have been free after collecting our own food to work in order to pay someone else to give us this food that we know innately that we could have gotten ourselves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then with this free time, whenever we're doing these menial jobs, this menial work, right, that's not creative most of the time, that's only to supply us with food right we 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 know inherently that the time that we are spending working these menial jobs that still allow us time to think about all the other things that could go wrong yeah so we're working on our papers right and the school's supplying us with food not only are we paying them they're supplying us with food we're working on papers we're we're, we're doing labor we're working on tires we now even though we're doing these things with our hands our bodies our minds are still free to think. So we start thinking about the bad things, the the the, the possible things. Mm. Oh, if I make enough money, if I just eat a little bit less, if I just go into this shamble of a home, then I could save up enough money so where I can escape. But then we reach this point of hedonic resolution. In this area, I think it's about $50,000 where we make enough money to not worry about uh, the bills, the food, living, we can have everything that we need, right? And then we go over. Now we can have things that we want. But then we realize our problems don't go away. Money literally does not equal happiness. No, absolutely mm-hmm. not, man. Yeah. Yeah. So Yeah, you're on you're on the right lines here, man. So whenever we are here at this hedonic resolution, we we go over it and then we're making more money. Cool. I all these people who have jets. Now I have a Lear jet. Oh, but why why am I not? Because it's like whenever you first get it, you have that commodity. I first have it. Yes, yes, yes. After about a week, it's no longer new. It's no longer interesting. Whenever I get a new pair of shoes, I'm like, yeah, these are nice. And after like a week, I'm like, they're shoes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, you know, because I, I've started to use them. They're no longer a commodity. They're just a tool. Yeah. Right. The Learjet's now just a tool. It's no longer cool. People are like, oh, man, I want a Learjet. And then once you are a billionaire, you can have it. Yeah. <coughs> that's yeah i mean you're, you're on the right bless you man you're on the right line like so it's pretty much saying what i'm saying is is as soon as you transcend that food chain you make that disconnect you unplug yourself like a little bit from the earth mm-hmm. you, you're then thinking like what is the meaning of life you know yeah and that's obviously a question like it's a the, the dumbest question ever really <laughs> like it's not a question you need to <laughs> ask yourself because you're going to be lost man and those that have that founding that grounding of culture of tradition of, of morals they're uh they seem to have a more comfortable time with that question you know because if you look at animals like like they're not sitting around thinking what is the meaning of life there's no there's no point just live it just no live time. your life yeah, yeah. You, they can't yeah they don't have it but that luxury is almost a curse you know yeah because of the way mm-hmm. we live our lives because of the the uh the super yeah we we place too much values on the superficial things man yeah and then so when that problem of that question keeps coming back like if you're in a if you've grown up in a culture that's always 
romanticized and encouraged and like promoted that sort of lifestyle mm. you're going to come up short when that question starts asking even though it's a nonsense question you know we can't help but have time to ask ourselves you yeah. know what i mean yeah and like i think this like I, i'm not an expert um in this philosopher's writings but oh, we can yeah. think about like uh, lacan and his oh, yeah. cycle of desire of course once we we have this desire and once we achieve this desire uh-huh. we don't feel accomplished we just move on to the next desire yes. yeah. so this keeps on going and going and going yeah. and so we can never, never truly be happy we just have to understand that we will always desire something more yeah um and i don't know how to like yeah i don't know how to like remedy this or like i don't know make sense of like yeah. this never-ending desire for something even greater than yeah what we have already yeah, yeah. this is this is whenever whenever I start talking about like existentialism, whenever we're thinking about what is or what could be, what's beyond, I, I always fall into etymology, you know, the origin of words. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it 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 grounds me. Right? Etymology, I know it's it might be kind of weird that it does, but like I think, oh, whenever I have these things, I fall into Lacan's cycle of desire. I start wanting more things, things outside of me extra things extraneous yeah and then i go to spanish extraño right um i miss so it's it's like these things are extraneous outside of me but in spanish we have i miss you literally nearly the same word yeah uh it's like you're missing something that you have not obtained and whenever you have it again you become complacent it's like okay i have it Mm -hmm. once more that's not the meaning of the word in Spanish, but if you think about it, these things extraneous, you want these extra things, and once you have them, it's like they they never they never left, right? Because you can see other people with them, so you can imagine yourself. So your your inner thoughts can see you, you picture yourself having them. So it's like these extraneous things you're missing because you already have them in your mind. So whenever you have them, you're like, but I already had it up here and now it's not as good as i conceived it yeah. as being good and then it's like wow so yeah. so one of your things is to is to just explain the word like read up on the word and, yeah and it, and it kind of opens up your mind to a bit more right? yeah mm-hmm. so then what it just helps shift your perspective then yeah it's like it's like wow yeah. like if i look at the origins of this word like the yoga I was so glad that yeah. i knew it was similar because yeah. indo-european roots to yoking i was like i that's that's why yoga hits me so deeply. Mm-hmm. It's like yoga, like it hits people deeply because of its action. Yeah. It's it's orthopraxy. But mm-hmm. to me, the 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 word itself through that that it survived and mutated through language and it has not the same meaning, but a meaning that that transcends itself. Yeah. It, yeah, the name it, is is not important. Yeah. Yeah. It like it like I I I don't know. It's sort of as the kids would say, it mind fucks me. Yeah. It's like it, it it literally makes me sit there. Like there are very few times whenever something hits me, except whenever somebody says a word, and then I think about the word I deconstruct it, as uh, you know, Derrida would do, and then I reconstruct it, and then I think about it, and I push it through like a a, a resource like <coughs> Latin, Greek, uh, Sanskrit, uh, African, right? Mm-hmm. African languages, right? And then it hits me, right? Because we were talking about yams the mm-hmm. other day. So the word yam uh, sounds like yum in yeah. English, meaning tasty. Yeah. And literally, 
in, in Wolof, the language that was spoken in Gambia, which West African slaves spoke, yum mm-hmm. yum uh, means to eat or to taste. So literally the yam is that which you eat because it's the most plentiful food in West Africa. Yeah. And then you say yum because that which gives you life is tasteful. The, the taste of remaining alive. Yeah. And then it transcended and then was introduced into standard English as as like a as an onomatopoeia yeah. with with the yum yum tasty. And then to think it came from literally to taste from a, a disparate language, completely unrelated. <laughs> Things like that destroy me. Yeah, you like that. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> it, That's mad though, man. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> that's just this, yeah. I mean, that's the way culture gets spread around as well. Yeah. Yeah. The same yeah. same way everything blends more and more. But this this happens to relate to anxiety. Yeah. Because yeah. we we manage to shift so easily. It's yeah. so it's so fluid. This is so yeah. good. Yeah. Uh we've almost lost the time, but we haven't. We know you don't want to listen for eight hours. Yeah. because uh, it is possible. We're not going to. So we're gonna hit a few more points. They're going to resolve. We're going to yeah. go and eat. Man, we could talk forever, man. Yeah, we yeah, really yeah. could. <laughs> we, really we got could. some cooking to do that. Yeah. 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 Mm. So, but I wanted to say one thing I did want to mm-hmm. add, though, was to your point, uh, Sam, about the need, like, always, once you get something, you just move on to the yeah. next thing. Like, 100%, that is definitely the, the prevailing sort of thought that's yeah. being pushed, you know, and promoted. Yeah. But, like, um, something i've felt is it's really easy to get into that as an athlete mm-hmm. because you just have the game on the weekend yeah once you've won it like practically you have to like if to be smart for, move on and think yeah. about the next game you know yeah. like you're just constantly having deadline like like meet it once it's in the past you move on you commit mm-hmm. yourself to the training yeah. and um I'm, th- I'm actually thankful that i'm able to have it in this experience because it doesn't t- it doesn't take anything away. It actually makes me really love the process. Yeah. But I think the key to it is the fact that I'm s- you're so able to appreciate the actual steps it takes yeah. to lead up to that moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So staying and that's basically staying in the present. Something yeah. we touched at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Is like right Monday, like taking care of my breakfast the first morning I wake up is the same way as playing as hard as I can on yeah. the Saturday. You know. And then the next moment after that, like the way I train is is directly like I'm I've trained my hardest now. For me, it's the same thing as playing my hardest on Saturday, yeah. even though it's still Monday. I'm thinking about playing on Saturday. So yeah. So like if you're able to kind of tweak it to where you understand the beauty of the small steps you're taking and how that does directly like have an influence of where you're going. Yeah. Then, uh, then you can have a deeper appreciation for it. You know, if you're yeah. just solely based on right, everything matters about the game, mm-hmm. and I missed the whole week. Yeah, exactly. Then if that game doesn't go well, then I'm probably gonna be depressed all week. You know, yeah. I'm probably gonna be feeling like mm. like very so. So then, and even then, before the game happens, I'm probably gonna be weighing too much on on the game. Yeah, putting way too much thought into it, packing way too many fears on top yeah. of it, and so. So that might lead, you know, you to be having stronger like bouts of of anxiety or yeah. of uh, those sorts of symptoms. Um, so yeah, so one thing I was able to, to to experience a lot from my actual job is is the beauty of breaking it down into the very present moments that you're in. Like yeah. what you're doing right now mm. is the same as worrying about where you're gonna be next yeah. year. So why not just stay present and and give this your all? You know? Yeah. 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 For certain.
Yeah. I think you 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 said that very well. Um, because I, I like I I know like I I do get caught up in like thinking about like the future. Or, yeah, like, I mean honestly, what, we all do. Yeah. yeah, and then I like I like try to reel myself in. It's like think about what you have right now and like yeah. you're doing pretty well. You just yeah, you just you're doing really well. You just want something more than yourself, and of course that's not a bad thing. No. But I need to recognize that I can't let this desire or like for the future like consume like and like overshadow everything else that is already present. Yeah, absolutely, man. Spot on. It is tough to remember though. Yeah. This is tough in those moments. Yeah, because you do grow complacent as 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 we yeah. said. Yeah. So final thoughts. We in order for for us to to not rid ourselves of anxiety but to help control it in the moment at least it's going to happen it's it's a fact of being human mm. it's a fact of being a hominid it happens to chimpanzees and gorillas but that's beside the point we go to a productive nihilism not the kind of nihilism that you hear uh, people talking about on YouTube who think that they know what they're talking about because they read a quick book or they read a uh, Wikipedia page on nihilism. Do we know? Do we think we know what we're talking about? Let's, let's get a quick definition. For that. <laughs> okay. So the productive nihilism that I speak about is yes, nothing, right? Nihilo, literally, where we get the word annihilation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Brilliant. Where we get nihilo is nothingness. So ex nihilo to, right? Extraneous to nothing. So nothing really matters. It's it's a sort of cry against existentialism, which is there's something greater. Mm -hmm. And we we are always, right, the the religion as our as our sort of tying feature to help us uh, maintain our anxiety. Yeah. That there's something better after. Mm -hmm. So the nihilism is, at least in the moment, forget your religion. For for don't forget it. Don't drop it completely. Right. Don't don't just go out and start murdering people. Yeah. Don't drop your morals. But in the moment, with this productive nihilism, think, okay, there's nothing beyond this moment. Right. Even mm -hmm. though I'm thinking about the present and the past, right now is important. What happens now? Is important so though i feel this bad way it will not always be this way yeah and while i'm here i'm going to embrace it it's going to be painful my heart's going to race i'm going to sweat buckets but this is a learning experience it's going to happen again i'm not going to try to stop it i'm going to embrace this right if there is a higher power so be it if there's not so be it i'm taking control of this moment I'm embracing, right, as I said before, and we're just existing. Mm -hmm. Though the present's hard to balance right here because we're thinking about the past and grasping for the future, right? So you can never actually have the present. In this state of productive nihilism, you are reveling in the nothingness that comes from your anxiety. That's not saying that it's not important, but that's saying that it literally produces nothing but what you are concerned about in 20 years 
will be irrelevant as well. Yeah. Yeah, because for most of our listeners are not curing cancer out here. So literally most of what we do, writing this paper in 20 years, your professor probably won't remember your topic. You remind them and they'll be like, oh, yeah, sure. No, but they're, no they're, chance, man. They're, they're actually not going to remember. Yeah. They, they might not even remember who you are. Yeah. So right now, you know, just just get through it. Ground yourself in the moment. Yoke yourself. Perform a, a yoga. Perform some meditation real quick. Think there is nothing beyond this moment. Your God is beyond this moment, but literally in the moment, there's nothing beyond you and your anxiety. Your anxiety can be your ship. Your anxiety, think of it as a kraken, but you're on the kraken's back. If you're on something's back, it can't bite you. So you ride it until it dies. And once it has died, you step over it and you move to the next moment. Mm -hmm. Whenever it returns, you jump right back on, throw on the reins, and ride it until it dies again. This isn't going to solve the problem. It's going to help you wade through it. Yeah, but I don't know if you can just solve the problem, man. You can. It's a, it's a practical way of looking at it because it's not like, I don't know, man, if you have techniques and you're relying on like techniques, you know, mm -hmm. you're relying on something outside of you, you know? Mm -hmm. So like, if that is part of, yeah, if that is, like you're saying, embrace it, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Rise mm -hmm. above and the anxiety that, that you're feeling. That works for me, but you may, right? Right. The the best thing, the probably the best piece of advice we can leave after this, because we're talking around a subject, because we, we don't feel that we, I don't think any of us feel that we have the right to tell you how to solve this problem. Oh, yeah. You, you yeah. could, um, there, there are resources who, uh, doctors, psychiatrists, psychologists, who are trained to help you, religious uh, leaders who are trained to help you. Mm -hmm. And they, they're going to tell you that it's going to be a lifelong battle, right? They're, they're medications that, that sort of pull you away from it, but that separates you from a part of yourself. I don't want you, the anxiety is a part of you. Yeah. If, if you are just putting, uh, like sort of padding between you and it, what happens whenever the medicine wears off and it's a hungry tiger, then it just hits you and it devours you in the moment. Mm -hmm. right? But whenever you learn to live with it, you turn it into a tabby. And then though it can scratch you, it can bite you, it won't kill you. And it won't destroy you in the moment. It'll be a bit trying, but you can deal with it. And I think that's all I have to say. Yeah. Daniel? Yeah. GG? Yeah, I think, I mean, only only thoughts I'm having about that is, like, it is so much easier for some people, like, mm -hmm. yeah, like, I can't, people have had serious, like, serious uh, yeah. uh, life-altering experiences, mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. Like obviously a, a a simple thought is obviously refugees and stuff. Yeah. Like the whole world, as you know, has been completely, completely blown up. You know, like mm -hmm. poor choice of words, but yeah, like your everything you know is just changed, put on his head, and you have and you have such such a different different experience of life that is is nowhere near like suitable. Mm -hmm. Like in that in in some extreme situations, like it's easy for us to say, you know. Yeah. Like just ride it. Like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it is it rise is above it. it. 
It's like no, theoretically, it's, it's, it's spot on. You know, theoretically, it makes perfect sense, and and it but practically is logical. Yeah, yeah, but exactly. That's that mere fact that it's it's completely irrational. Like, mm-hmm. kind of yeah. throws out the window. So, um, I don't know. And sometimes, in those sort of instances, like if you're someone like like who's had a slightly more, I I consider myself to have had a completely very lucky ch- like life. You know, mm-hmm. like I've I've had mostly positive experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just feel like it's easy for me to 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 feel grateful in that sense like mm-hmm. be grateful if you're someone you know like you have might have very deep anxiety issues but a really beautiful platform around you mm-hmm. and try and put things into perspective do your best to change your perspective like it's a case of uh of the lenses you're looking yeah through the world yeah. with mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh if you're able to alter that then then you can have very powerful changes i think yeah but um, but it's so much easier for some, you know. Yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. It's a tough one, man. Absolutely. Yeah. So, we appreciate all of you for joining us. Yeah. This yeah, podcast man. is uh one hour twenty five minutes, so I <laughs> may edit Good luck. this into half. Then I'll just chop it up, man, for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> thank you for listening to In Defense of Humanity. Mm. We appreciate Samuel Fan for joining us. G. Craig for joining us. It's been an honor, man. I'm here, Oz Osteris. We'll always be here defending humanity. We're in defense of humanity. Have a nice day. Thank you very much, guys. Yeah, see ya. Good night.